just letting myself do things that I need to do if I'm missing people, get on the phone with some family or something or people that pick me up to make me feel better. I think it, you, when you do transition like this, you kind of realize how important those people are in your life and you see the people who really stick it out even though you're not around all the time. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey listeners, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Lucky for you, I have created a new site that will help you learn how to launch, grow, and monetize your own show. I offer one-on-one mentorship programs and I'm launching an ebook, How to Create a Profitable Podcast, that can help you take your podcast from hobby to profitable business. Visit howtocreateapodcast.com to learn more. Again, that's howtocreateapodcast.com. See you there. In this week's episode, I'm excited to speak with Courtney, who is currently living overseas and teaching in Singapore. She has been working as a digital nomad on and off for the past several years and currently still building up her business as a social media manager. Listen on to find out how Courtney is able to travel the world as a remote worker. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to speak with Courtney. Hey, Courtney, how are you? Hey, I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for being here. Can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, so my name is Courtney, and I was born and raised in Washington State in America. And about five years ago, I decided that I wanted to make a big change in my life. I had gotten tired of working the nine to five job. Um, I really wanted to travel and see more of the world. And so at that point, I decided to sell everything and move across the world. And I haven't really been back since. (laughs) Well, that was a huge change, right? Because you actually used to be a banker, (laughs) Mm -hmm. which is completely different from what you are doing now. Can you tell us how that transition was like when you finally realized that this is not what you really wanted to do and you wanted to transition into something completely different and out of the norm? Yeah, so I kind of known for a while that maybe banking wasn't long term for me. I wasn't super happy sitting in an office all the time and, you know, just dealing with customers. I really kind of wanted to have something more fulfilling for for myself. And then it was back in 2015, I took my first real trip anywhere. And I went solo to Vietnam, where for a few weeks, I taught English. And so as soon as I came back from that, I just knew and I was inspired to to do something different, to make a change where I could go see the world more. Wow. Well, that's a really great way to do it, right? Because not only are you seeing the world, but you're also making sure that you're doing it in more of a longer term and not just as a passerby. So when you finally decided to make that change, let's go back to when you were actually preparing for it. Can you tell us your steps on how you were able to do that to make sure that you were feeling safe and secure about your decision? Because a lot of times we're always at a panic, especially Mm -hmm. with you because you left everything, right? You had a house, you had this career, and now you're going to be doing something completely different. 
Yeah, it was definitely a very scary transition, but there is a lot of information out there actually, and a lot of people to reach out to, a lot of resources. The first thing that I did when I got back from Vietnam, my volunteer trip, I got a certification for teaching English. It was just a three-month program that I did online. And through through that program, I actually learned a lot. And there was a lot of resources on then how to find a job teaching English overseas. So I started doing a lot of research, finding out like what country I wanted to go to. And then from there, looking for jobs, different companies, interviewing through Skype, mostly. And then I finally accepted one. And then there's the visa process. Um, that you have to go through um, before you can move to another country and then selling all my stuff, <laughs> selling the house that I had. So that whole time frame was about nine to 12 months, kind of when I had this decision that I was going to make a change till I actually did it. It seems like you had a goal and you were really planning for it. And it was just, mm -hmm. it wasn't something that it was just spur of the moment. You know, obviously mm -hmm. you have that idea and it took a lot of time to execute it. Mm -hmm. And then you also had to make sure that you were going to the right place, the right country to go to, the right company to work with. How did you choose the actual company that you're working with? Because we see so many of them online and it can get really overwhelming to do that. Yeah, for sure. It, it definitely is overwhelming. There's so many options and it's hard to pick. I Honestly, a lot of it, I just went with my gut, followed my instinct. It was one that I, I did make sure and kind of research that it's fairly well known, had some good reviews from past employees so that I knew it was legitimate. You know, there are, unfortunately, there's scams out there just like a lot of other, you know, things. And especially moving overseas, you need to make sure that you're taken care of. Because I, I went to China, for example, which is a country where I don't speak the, the language. So it's really important that you have that right support and feel secure. So yeah, I just made sure I did a lot of research and that they were providing what I needed to feel safe, um, such as housing, someone to pick me up at the airport, they processed my visa, things like that um, just made me feel more comfortable. So do you have any recommended companies that someone should look out for if they are wanting to go into the teaching abroad route? There's so many. I worked for a company called Education First or English First. They, they go with both of them and they're kind of all around the world these days. I would say there's quite a few large companies like that where you, you know that you're secure which is nice. And if you have a teaching license, international schools, of course, are always a great route to go. Obviously, that's not a company, but um, different schools that you can find when you search by the location. I have also since then taught with um, VIP Kid. It's an online teaching company. And then that way you can just work from your laptop as well, which is awesome too. So with both of them, right, whether mm -hmm. you're teaching at the location itself at the different country or you're mm -hmm. working online, mm -hmm. what would you say are the pros and cons for each and what have you seen that works better for you in, in your lifestyle? You know, I've done a little bit of both. I've kind of gone back and forth. So, you know, with the first company, it was still somewhat of a, not necessarily nine to five hours, but where you do clock in and out and you do have to you know, show up to certain hours that 
they request of you or that you're required. And the nice thing when I transitioned to online teaching for a while, I got to choose what hours I worked and what ones I didn't. And I could also have location freedom, which is awesome. Obviously, I could kind of take it as I went to different countries. So that's a big plus, but you can't necessarily work as many hours as you would. It's a little bit more limited. So that's the bigger con, I guess, with the the online teaching. It's not always going to be just full-time income for that way. And then I'm currently teaching at an international school. So I've kind of gone in all different routes through these five years. But yeah, they all have great opportunity to have some security, but still have the opportunity to experience other cultures. Um, And typically, with all the ones I've worked at, I have a lot more time off than I would in you know, my nine to five job back home before. So I have the opportunity to to travel and see other places too. Can you tell us more about the payment system and the salary that you can get with either or the teaching abroad work and also Mm -hmm. the working online? The teaching abroad really varies because it depends on what country you're in and the cost of living there and also the type of institution, whether it's a private training center or an international school. If you do already have like a teaching, like a state teaching degree, I'm an experience, you can get a lot higher paying jobs with maybe better benefits, but they're all great opportunities and they're always enough to at least in Asia is where I have my experience. You make enough money to live well um, and also save money. With the teaching online, it kind of depends on how many hours you can work with your time difference that you're where you are, that it can work for you, but you can make anywhere from, you know, just having it as a side hustle. I mean, you could just work a couple hours a week if you want to, you know, and make an extra $100 a month up to about $2,000 US dollars working through the online teaching. It's really great that you can have that flexibility and also to choose from that. And also one of the biggest things that people think is that you need a teaching degree in order to start this, but you don't, right? So if you don't have a teaching degree, what is it that is required from you in order to be a teacher online or abroad? This also varies a lot by each country. Typically, you just have to be from a native English speaking country and they recognize Obviously, America is one of those, one of the top ones. Mm -hmm. And then some countries do require a bachelor's degree, but it can be in any field. For example, my bachelor's degree is in business. And yes, you do not necessarily have to have an actual teaching license. Getting a TEFL certification, which is teaching English as a foreign language, what I have, is a nice asset. It's not necessarily required for a lot of places, but it can help you kind of get a foot in maybe if it's with a job that's competitive or to maybe get a little bit higher pay. Now let's talk about when you actually moved into these different countries, right? What Mm -hmm. was the biggest setback that you encountered because you went from living in the U.S. now Mm -hmm. to Asia, Mm -hmm. so different from where you came from? What was that like? So yeah, definitely my first move. I went to China just completely opposite from anything that I know. And I didn't, I'd never obviously been there. I didn't really know much about it. So there's definitely a big culture shock, not just traveling there, but when you have to like live somewhere and learn how to pay your bills in another country to go grocery shopping in another country and just get around every day, that definitely took some time, but it makes you kind of realize how capable you are. And it, it was really an incredible, incredible experience. I ended up um, staying there for about two years. 
So I really enjoyed it. <laughs> wow. That, I mean, it's really interesting how you do learn so many things about yourself when you're placed in these situations. Sometimes you didn't do it on purpose and sometimes you do yeah. kind of just leap into it. Was yeah. there any setbacks that you encountered in the beginning or even now that mm -hmm. you learned from? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that transition is hard being away from family. And so it can it can be difficult, you know, at times, especially like holidays and things like that. But I was lucky to have met really amazing people, friends for life that helped pick me up. And then, you know, kind of after that, it's those transitions even out of there. In, in these last five years, it's been kind of, I've been back from being on my computer to doing teaching jobs and just kind of figuring out where I'm going next. Um, it's not necessarily a setback, but hard to kind of choose the next place to go. And like, do I want to keep going and traveling or do I want to, you know, work a little bit more remote from home and just do short travels? So just kind of having to make those decisions and it's a big, big changes, a lot more big changes that come, you know, since you're not just moving from job to job in one city. So what would you say is your secret sauce to making your work and travel and life balance successful? I think it's important to definitely take care of yourself. You know, the big thing is like self-care, but it's really true. You really have to make sure that you are doing things that you really enjoy. I mean, obviously, even though I'm traveling and I love traveling, it's not always easy. It can be really difficult, especially if you're on your own a lot of the time. So just making sure I take time for me. And also, I would say making sure that I keep in contact with family and friends back home. And also, I've gone home, obviously, sometime in between there. So just letting myself do things that I need to do, you know, if if I'm missing people, get on the phone with some family or something or people that pick me up to make me feel better. I think when you do transition like this, you kind of realize those how important those people are in your life and you see the people who really stick it out even though you're not around all the time. Now, how do you deal with loneliness when you're at a different country and you mm -hmm. are missing the people that you love? You miss birthdays and celebrations yeah. and all of those important milestones in all of our lives. Yeah. Well, thank goodness today technology makes it so much easier because you're just, you know, a phone call and Skype away, which is makes, you know, makes it not quite so hard so you, so you can still see the people and interact. But it's important to find also people that are in your same situation, especially in China. I was very lucky to to meet a group of teachers that were also from other countries around the world that we became like a family. And we even celebrated holidays and things like that together when we weren't able to be with our families. So that was huge. And then when I've, I've done a lot of solo traveling outside of just like on work vacations and stuff. And I've been lucky to meet amazing people that way too. Staying in hostels, I highly recommend for people, it's a great way to meet other travelers and connect with them. I just went on a trip to Myanmar by myself about last month, thinking that I would be alone. But I met two girls the second I landed, and I stayed at a hostel, and I ended up being with them actually the whole time. So it's it doesn't have to be as lonely as you think. But also to embrace, I think it's also good to embrace that time you know, with yourself and get to know yourself is important too. you know, not to be afraid to sit and have dinner alone and 
do things that you really enjoy. So I think there's, it's good to have a little bit of that balance. Yeah. Don't you love technology now? We can do so much with it. Yeah. I'm sure years ago it was so hard to do that. I mean, you had snail mail and that was it. Yeah. I can't (laughs) imagine. I don't know if I could have done it then. (laughs) Yeah. That would have been really hard. Now, what about when you were preparing again, you had to save your money. Mm -hmm. How much did you actually save before setting off to go abroad? And how were you able to budget the money to last? Um, that's a good question. I'm trying to remember because it was about five years ago. I want to say I had because I I sold my house, so I m- had a little bit from that. I had about five to ten thousand that first on that first move, so that really helped me get settled. But a lot of companies, especially if you're coming to teach, they help you with a lot of that stuff, like with a place to stay when you initially get there, or a flight reimbursement, or a settlement housing to help you get started with your housing, stuff like that. So you can definitely do it without having a huge savings ready to go if you if you just make sure and check first with what they provide for you. That's a really good idea. And there's so much that you can do to to prepare for that, mm-hmm. to prepare for that transition. And budgeting and saving is a huge part of it, of course. Yeah. yeah. So now let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. Mm-hmm. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, I, I think my biggest thing that I like to share, I do blogging and stuff too, is to encourage other people not to be afraid to make a change in their life. You know, I, I hear it so, so often, especially when I go back home from friends, they're like, I wish I could do what you're doing. I wish I could do that. I want to travel more. And I think what I hope to do is just inspire people that it's possible. It doesn't matter what part of life you're in. It's not too late. You know what I mean? So I hope to just help other people, especially women, not be afraid to travel alone for one and also to to walk away from something and possibly maybe fail or have it not work out but that shouldn't stop people from trying i think that's one of the biggest things that really stops us is that fear of failure mm-hmm. and yeah. Even though you want it so much, it really stops you in your tracks. And you made a huge change in your life. You sold everything. Mm. You went somewhere. You didn't know anybody. And you did it as a solo female. And that's a huge message for you. Yeah. Yeah. I hope (laughs) hope other people are inspired by that for sure. Did you have a what now moment after you sold everything and now you're (laughs) stepping foot in a new country? And what was that like for you, Courtney? Oh, for sure. My gosh, it was just kind of like, what am I, what did I get myself into? (laughs) I mean, if you've ever really experienced, it's hard to explain the feeling of like culture shock. It's, it's like excitement of like seeing all this new stuff with your eyes, but at the same time, like very overwhelming too. So there's a lot of different emotions that definitely came along with that. Like, was this the right thing? Was it, you know, can I really do this? A lot of thoughts go through, but it's just about having that fear and being able to just still do it anyway. Yeah. And then five years later, here you are living the life that you really want to live. And if you didn't do that, you'd still be back home being miserable and looking at everything Mm -hmm. else that you could have done, you know, the what ifs. Right. Now, what are you working on currently that is really exciting to you? Well, I've really enjoyed teaching something I'm super happy to have like in my pocket for 
the rest of my life, really. But my ultimate goal is to just be fully remote, remotely working. And I've been kind of building my own business through blogging. I do a little bit of like brand collaborations as well through my Instagram. And I do social media management. So that's kind of my my next goal is to get where I'm just completely location independent and can make my own time. And it's it's starting, it's getting there. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's so exciting. And you have so many things that's happening and I can't wait to see where it all goes. Thank you. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? The best place maybe is my Instagram, which is journey.withcourt or my blog, which is nourishthefreelife.com. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Courtney, for speaking with us today. I really appreciate all the insights that you gave us. Yeah, and thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Courtney. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to start living and teaching abroad long term. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.